Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. My name is Alex Kroos, and I'm alongside my co-host, as always, Mr. It's me, Casey Clapp, Alex. Hi, Casey. Happy Petal Palooza. Happy Petal Palooza. I'm celebrating privately. Yeah, that's okay. You should celebrate on your bike, though, publicly, safely. I'll celebrate on my couch, that's, taking a snooze. That is not celebrating Petal Palooza, Alex. <laughs> Does it? All right, I don't know if everyone knows out there. I don't, yeah, in, did you? Do you know what it is? I, I knew it from you, but let's uh, give some context to our oh listeners. Portland is a bike city extraordinaire, and every year in June, it has this great event called Petal Palooza. Yeah, and it's put on just like grassroots. Like I think it's Shift is the like the organization that kind of does it, but. They basically put on a, a bunch of bike rides every single day, the entire month of June, and there it's just a huge, gigantic bicycle theme celebration. Yeah, it's so good. I am very happy that you have it in your life. Oh, thanks, Alex. Because I know that you love it. <laughs> I do. It's so good. There's like, in fact, I did a Heritage Tree Tour one where I, huh. I had everyone on a bicycle and we just went from Heritage Trees. Me and my good friend Dan did that. That's fun. Yeah, we might do it again this year, but we haven't set it up yet, so we'll see. Cool. So be on the lookout. Well, I hope you guys have fun. Well, you're going to get an invite. <laughs> Casey, <laughs> I do own an, an, uh, I own a bike. It is broke as fuck. Yeah, we got to get it fixed. Though. I don't. I I just can't invest in that right now. Yeah, that's fair. We got we got to focus on other things like our Lamborghinis. Yes. and uh, you know, uh, uh, platform beds. My Tesla needs a tune up. I can't worry about yeah. my bicycle. <laughs> no, you're you're already at zero emissions. What am I saying? <laughs> I should have known. I drive a uh, 2001 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> uh, Casey, <Tesla. laughs> you. Okay, so you came to my house this evening to record this episode yes. of Completely Arbitrary. Bi- via bicycle. Via bicycle. It's, it's a fucking scorcher out. It is side. 95 today. Uh, just stupid. Um, and you surprised me. Yes. With a bag of goodies. I did. Of the fungus variety. Morcella. And they are called morels. That's right. Well, tell us the story of how you found these morels. All right, I will. So Hannah and I, we were out. Uh, we we're out over in the Ochico National Forest, National Mountains, uh, this year or this uh, last weekend. And we were just hanging out. We found a nice little spot. There's a lot of people celebrating. It was uh, Memorial Day. So there's mm. people out there, like in their big, gigantic uh, machine. What are they? The uh, campers and things like that. Okay. 
I'm not a fan of camping like that, not necessarily. And so we just were trying to like find this nice little spot to kind of tuck ourselves in and be kind of away from everybody else. Mm-hmm. We didn't really find it. We found this like big open field kind of prairie area. We found a lovely spot, beautiful stars and everything. And we saw the sunset kind of coming down. And we're like, oh man, we should go like just try and see if we can catch it from that ridge over there. So we just kind of walked up the road a little bit. And as we were walking, I looked down and I was like, lo and behold, what is that? <laughs> And this little mushroom's popping right out of the duff. Yeah. And I was like that, and I did a little dance, and she was like, what are you doing? And I laughed, and we all laughed, and we sang, and then I pointed down, I was like, there's a morel mushroom. And then I looked around, and I was like, they're everywhere. Wow. Yeah, just stumbled upon a tiny little grove, then found another one, like walking back to the truck again. Then we just spent the whole like morning looking around and found a couple more. So we just found a bunch of random morel mushrooms. Are you familiar with them? You seemed like you were when I gave them to you. I was not sure if it was going to be a surprise yeah that they're like oh what is it <laughs> right i know i know of morels i'm familiar with them uh and i and they're and they're renowned quality everybody Aww. loves a morel they're they do. they're very you know they're a prestigious shroom yeah that's a good way to put it i've never once eaten a morel casey i didn't know that really yeah oh so my god i'm gonna be cooking these with my lady true mm. and we are gonna <laughs> dine fine on these morels uh, it's such a good idea well we're gonna do it too i don't think uh hannah also has had one so this is gonna be very exciting well look at us yeah and here's the thing, though. They are a fungal associate of trees. Did you know that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I bet you, you did because you're a smart fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's end, end, of, end of point. <laughs> what, what kind of trees do they dig on? Well, they dig on a lot of different trees, actually. I'm not quite sure. It depends on where you are. If you're okay. on the East Coast, people say, or the Midwest, they say they grow under like elms and cottonwoods and oak trees a lot. And it's a little bit, there's like different species and different varieties of species that grow with different um, different tree associates and those tree associates basically um it, they grow in weird times and they kind of come after there's a, a disturbance or something whether that's like snow melt or someone digs a ditch and kind of disturbs them i see a lot of times over here they're associated with douglas fir and ponderosa pine and now it turns out white fir is what i'm finding them underneath a lot white fir grand fir hybrid kind of thing mm. and they end up just growing kicking it and then something happens and they just pop up from the roots if there's a big fire that's when you can actually depend on them to come up because they just litter the ground after fire no one's quite sure why that's somewhat unpredictable okay but they they see them consistently after disturbance so the thought would be either the tree is stressed and it gives out some hormone that the mushrooms might be like oh something might be going wrong our honey pot might be going dry let's put out our spores and go maybe find a new location to live. Oh. Maybe. It could also be that the mushrooms just get that and they're like, well, a big disturbance came through. That way there's more likely or less likely to be other stuff on the ground. So now our spores can go out and just be free wherever they want to be. Fascinating. Yeah, no one quite, no one's quite sure. I like that first one that's like, uh, it's like an escape pod. Like, yeah. let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let's get out of here. And they just splash our way. Yeah. Casey, we have... A tree to discuss today that sure I would do. I would characterize it as gorgeous. Oh, you would. You've I been sure looking at would. pictures, haven't you? I've been looking at pictures, and that's about as far as my research went. I've been so harried lately that first of all, I didn't I didn't remember that today was Tuesday and that we're going to record. Oh yeah, uh, and then I didn't know what tree we were going to do, Ugh, and I had to look it up on our list. Yeah, yeah. About thirty minutes before we started recording. <laughs> And here we are to talk about 
the jacaranda. Jacaranda? Jac- jacaranda? Yeah. I usually say jacaranda, but yeah. I don't know which, which one. I guess it depends on, on you know if you're British or not. They always do the ahs instead of the as. I think in some dialects, Yeah, yes. probably. We're, we're talking jacaranda. I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say jacaranda. You say jacaranda. I'm going to say jacaranda. Whoa. And we're going to have people be like, oh, Casey, stop. Say jacaranda. You say tomato. I say jacaranda. jacaranda. <laughs> We're we're both we have both such a lame sense of humor that we landed on the same joke. Yeah, we did perfectly synced. <laughs> well, Casey, let's imagine that we are just coming from New Zealand, where we where we saw the cowrie tree. Yep, that's right. And we are traveling to where in South America? We are. We're going down to South America. Well, Casey, how should we travel from uh, New Zealand to Ooh, South America? Okay, so honestly, I just I like I want to go by fishing boat fantastic yeah but like fishing boat where it's like six of us and we always sing sea chanties at the end of the night Mm, i love this and we all stumble off the boat we got our sea legs and we have big beards yeah exactly and we rub our eyes because it can it be land and they're like it is it's south america and the first thing we see is a big beautiful jacaranda tree oh casey beautiful describe it to us what are we seeing feeling tasting smelling Ooh, Let's go ooh. through the five senses. And the sixth sense, are there any ghosts involved in this I, tree? I think there are. This tree actually sees dead trees. That's incredible. Yeah, I like that. I appreciate how you hey, did that. I see dead trees right now. Yeah. In this wooden apartment. It's, it's terrifying. Now that my eyes are open to it, I'm disgusted. All right. So this is this is like a famous, famous tree. If you look it up or you go to almost any tropical, subtropical city during the, what would be the either springtime time Mm -hmm. or the like return of the rains after the dry season kind of thing where like it would mimic what we would have here in spring where it's like warm and wet temperatures okay you will get the jacaranda tree Mm. now the jacaranda tree grows in uh native to south central uh south america but it has been so widely planted all over the place that it grows and you can't say, well, during springtime it's going to do this because it's kind of a tropical, subtropical tree. But the thing that makes it that I just have to, we have to put it out there at the very beginning that wow. people are going to be thinking about are the flowers. Yes. Doesn't matter about anything else. It's irrelevant. Wow. Look it up, everyone. The flowers on this tree are what have made it, did you know, Alex, the single most widely planted tree in the tropics for an ornamental tree everywhere in the world that's very interesting yeah you don't really like i don't even know the first temperate tree that would be that way probably the japanese cherry mm. i don't know no i'm really I'm, that just got me thinking i'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna case, ponder this i've never seen your brow more furrowed yeah it's really like you can, can even it's like it's almost so dark between those furrows are so deep <laughs> well speaking of dark <laughs> deep furrows let's talk about the bark first of all the bark almost has no furrows. That's the funny thing about it. Well, so you got to make a transition somehow. I Casey. guess that's true. It was a good one. <laughs> this actually looks to me, it, it looks like there, there are little plates on it. So it's it's kind of bark that grows up and it looks like it's, it's kind of like scaled armor a little bit. Ooh. But the scaled armor isn't like really intense. It's kind of like, well, you, you couldn't afford the nice armor. So you kind of got the cheap, the cheap armor. Okay. And it's kind of flat. The, they Not only do they break up um, horizontally, it kind of V-shapes a little bit, but they also break up like with these little squares. And so honestly, other than the fact that it has like texture to it, it's pretty basic bark. What color? I mean, come on. It's like a brownish gray, mm. like nothing really fancy. Anyway, the bark is kind of nondescript. Like, there's right. not a whole lot to it. Now, 
it does have a really beautiful form where it grows up to like 25 to 40 feet tall, hmm. not really massive, but it grows up and then starts growing outwards. Really similar to the umbrella thorn in that it doesn't grow really tall, but it just kind of grows up and then kind of just fades out with these long kind of tenderly like limbs. I have something to say about this. I want to know. I like a medium height tree. Really? I'm not all about these big, huge, tall trees. Huh. I can take them or leave them. They're, they're, they're fine. I like a Douglas fir, but I like a Douglas fir that I can see the top of. Really? You want the whole picture. You don't want to just like see the, you want, yeah, I gotcha. That's all what right. it is. I, I think want the whole picture. Fair. Well, you should, you you looked up those photos of this tree. I know you chose them. I saw them. They're, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're relatively sized. Well, and they create like this because they're formed. They don't get too tall. They just get tall enough to like work great all over a road or the top of a house or something. Yeah, and then they kind of like come together at like almost a cathedral like view. Especially if you have like um, it's called an allee where you plant two trees, one on either side of like a, a road or a pathway or something like that. Oh, but they yeah. frame the side of it, you know. Yep. And then they come over and they arch over the top of it. You get like this purple just tunnel basically oh, right wow it's super beautiful i think i've only seen one one time and i didn't know what it was at the time but like looking back in my memory bank i'm like wait i think i've seen that that was really gorgeous they would use this not in the countryside but more like in a cityscape okay yeah um which is what we're going to talk about in a second but let's first talk about these leaves of this tree yes leaves and then flowers did you look up those leaves at all yes Casey, uh, what? Tell they're me. gorgeous, aren't they? They're kind of they're bipinnately compound, which uh-huh. I just I love. Every leaf that's bipinnately compound, you got to you got to leg up on all the rest, just because I think you're like literally twice as cool. Very fern like, yeah, exactly. And they the um, what's the tree? Mimosa is the tree that they're named after. This is Jacaranda mimosifolia. Wow, the scientific name. That would have been a great name for our uh, uh, binomial bonanza game. Oh, yeah. That would have been so hard to say, though. Yeah, I would have fumbled that one. Yeah. Well, I would have tried my best to figure it out. I'm sure you would Especially would've. if you did Yakaranda. 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 I think we should call it Yakaranda now. Yakaranda is a good band name, too. Yeah. Hey, what do you? Uh, what kind of music do you guys play? Oh, we're, we're Yaki. We're Yakaranda. Yakaranda rock. Yeah. What, do you, what would you play? Uh, me in Yakaranda? Yeah, well, not you particularly, the but mar- like the band. Oh, it would be a marimba and a saxophone. That's it. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe uh, a drummer. Please make me. Yeah, but the drummer would only come in every now and then to like just go, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. And like and, a, a bongo kind of thing. And they only show up like half the time. <laughs> exactly. You don't need them. That's Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt sucks. He's like a YouTuber. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> He's a YouTuber. Well, that's uh, that's 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 the the thing about these leaves is exactly that where they are they're just super flowy. They look like feathers hanging on this tree. Mm. Really, because they're so small, they're only like maybe a half an inch or so. But there's per leaf like forty thousand of them. That's wow. like, I'm making that kind of up. I realize I can't just make up silly stats. This is technically yes. a science podcast. Technically, Casey. I know we say that with a lowercase t and a lowercase s. Yeah. Well, it has um, probably something like 70 to 80 leaflets per leaf because it comes out, then it splits off, then it splits off again into Mm. these little teeny tiny pinnae. And each one of those is so small, but it lets in just a little bit of light. And now I think we might have talked about this once before. That is a bit of a, um, a trick that the trees can play where if you have a bunch of little leaves and you have them way up at the top of the canopy. Then you have a, it lets just a little bit of light through, right? Oh. And you have a bunch of other little leaves underneath as well. And they get all the light that kind of bounces through those little gaps. 
And you end up getting light that's coming through the canopy in a really dappled way where it's just, it's like it's not dark, it's not bright, but you're clearly in the shade, but you're still like well lit enough to where you don't feel like you're underneath like the shade of a big dense tree. Wow. But then the tree itself puts on a couple layers of leaves underneath it in its canopy and lower down so that it ends up basically getting extra light. So it hits all the light on the top. It hits all the light underneath that escapes and it has maybe another level or two where it just ends up layering the leaves and getting all like extra efficient leaf or extra efficient um i think i just mean to say extra efficiency i kept trying to think of a third word <laughs> damn it you know brevity is the soul of wit yeah that's true man i'm not very good then <laughs> witty <laughs> you are the exception to the rule casey yes um so is this a tree's way of like uh and i, I you might roll your eyes because as i'm trying to say this okay but is this the tree's way of like avoid like getting around shade intolerance Ooh, i don't necessarily think so i think it's it would be more the trees the trees way of either like if you take a strategy and you want big leaves or you want little leaves Mm -hmm. if you have big leaves it's a lot of energy and it's also a lot of um a lot riding on one big leaf. If you have a bunch of little tiny leaflets and a couple of them get hurt, the rest of the leaf is just fine. So it kind oh. of compartmentalizes the damage that could happen. And it also lets in more light. So I think it's it's less that, more of just efficiency in the sake of if you can, why shouldn't you? That's an interesting strategy. Yeah. And uh. like you get see a lot of trees do it, but it always makes you wonder, like, isn't bigger better? You get a big, gigantic solar panel to collect all the light, or you have thousands and thousands of teeny tiny solar plant panels collecting a bunch of light. But that big leaf also takes a lot of energy to operate. Yeah, and if you lose that big leaf, it's gone. Shoot, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so it has its pluses and minuses, but also if you uh, if it was a super shade intolerant tree, or rather if uh, if it wanted to make sure to make other shade intolerant trees not able to grow underneath it, it would be better if it had these big leaves and it just blocks everything. Yeah. No light underneath it. So. Okay. But again, I should reiterate the leaves are just beautiful. Yeah. But the flowers are the creme de la creme. <laughs> The, 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 uh, the triumph. What am I, th- there's like a, the, the point, uh, the raison d'etre. Oh, the, the piece de resistance. Yes, please, and thank you, Alex. <laughs> they are what makes this tree so outstanding. They are yeah. what makes this tree, why, like what it is, which is a tree that's planted all over the place. And it is, it, like, because its flowers are so stunning, everyone wants them, and every time you look up, like, a beautiful, um, subtropical kind of thing, you're going to see these flowers. For those of you who don't know, they are these, uh, they're in the family Bignoniaceae, which I think is just one of the funnest families. It's full of like lianas or what they're called, which are like the vines that grow in tropical areas. Oh, okay. These like tendrils and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these big woody vines, like 90% of that whole family is just these vines. Jacaranda is in that family? Yes, they are, yeah. Jacaranda, oh. another tree we have over here called the Paulonia. Well, it, I think it's actually native to China and Japan, but um, we have it planted here in Oregon. Interesting. And then the uh, a couple native species, specifically the Catalpa. 
but yeah, so that's the that is the thing, and they are they're like these tube shaped flowers, and they come out in these big globes, like they have a bunch of flowers all at the same kind of um, panicle or the same kind of like terminal uh, area on the very ends of the the tree, and they come out with these uh, like they all come out before the rest of the leaves come out, so it looks like you just have this purple cloud of flowers oh. covering the tree. Some people think they're violet, some people think they're blue, some people think they're purple. The Apparently, it changes ever so slightly depending on how healthy the tree is, if it's in um, a certain kind of soil type, or if you just prefer to see things in purple and you call it purple. Right. Yeah, It's it could be all those things, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm 100% on board with that. Well, the final thing to add about these trees and what they look like is they have... Um, these cool little fruit that are really uh, like almost these little nuts and they end up kind of breaking apart and hanging while they're hanging down. So they look almost like um, I'm trying to, they almost look like you have kind of like a pierogi where you have, Two sides. Oh, yeah. yeah. You think so? No, I, I know what they, I also know what they look like, but oh, I want you to continue. Okay. I'm so sorry. I no, raised right. my finger as if to interrupt you, but I was uh, just, yes. I was internal. I see. All right. Well, they look to me like little uh, brown pierogies where you kind of have two circles of, of dough pinched together at the ends and kind sure. of big thumb prints, but then the bottom kind of splits open and it releases these winged seeds that'll like flutter out and just slowly but surely fall away from that little, little fruit. Ooh, like a maple? Um, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a maple if they were all encased in a suitcase and then the, all at once the maple opens the suitcase upside down and all the little seeds kind of fall out like papers out of the suitcase. That's a great visual, There Casey. you go. That's what I think it is. It's a suitcase tree, basically. Hey, let's let's call it a suitcase tree from yeah. now on. All right. Deal. We can agree on that pronunciation. We sure can. Yeah, I was going to say they look like fried sweet potato chips. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, they, seem, they seem too brown. Kind look of at, a little overdone, don't you think? Yeah, they're a little burnt. Well, Case, I would love to talk more about the jock around the tree however we have to take a break all right we'll be right back with more completely arbitrary welding instructor alex declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders vr training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to more complete... Whoa. More completely arbitrary. Are you okay? Is this the what? What is this? This is this is the big version. I just tripped a wire in my head. I like that. That was a good trip. Well, welcome back to completely arbitrary. The more version. Today we're talking about the briefcase tree, aka the jacaranda, aka the Canada of trees. Oh, Casey, why do you say that? How do you spell Canada, Alex? C A N A D A. How do you spell jacaranda, <gasps> Alex? J A C A N A. A N D A. 
A N D A. Yeah, Jack Aranda. Oh, R A, not N A. Yeah, just like Canada, Canada. Yeah, Jack Aranda. Yeah, there's the only difference is there's like two letters that are next to each other that don't have an A in between, but otherwise, J A C A R A N D A. That's cool. I like it. That's why it makes me think of the Canada. It's a fun mental connection. There you go. Yeah. Now you'll always know how to spell it because you'll be like, da 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 yeah. and a D-A. Well, Casey, let's talk Jacaranda and let's talk specifically uh, something we've briefly touched on before, but we're mm. taking a different angle today. I think so, yeah. And that's street trees. That is right. More specifically, I'm going to say urban trees, but Ooh. I think more broadly, we are making this conversation about street trees uh, specifically. So I'm, I'm just come right on my basis here. Well, let's let's chat. Okay, so remember how I told you earlier that the tree, the jacaranda, the Canada mm-hmm. of trees, is like a ubiquitously planted tree across the tropics and subtropics, mostly in the cities, as an ornamental tree. Yes, So the thing about an ornamental tree is that it's usually not from there. Many times it has to be, or it's a tree that has been brought in. Really? Yeah. It's not all the time. It just kind of is a trend. You know, like if you, if someone wants to go plant an ornamental tree here in Portland, uh-huh. it's very unlikely it's going to be our native trees. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the dogwood because the ornamental means that it's like this big pretty thing, right? Yeah. Well, you want it to be notable. Yeah. And if you have a home in Oregon and you plant a, uh, a Douglas fir in the front yard, with a courtyard around it. Yeah. That's not that notable. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, you just, you just put a fence around another goddamn tree. <laughs> but if you have a jacaranda, yeah. I don't know if they grow here. They or, don't, not quite. A monkey puzzle. Yeah, a monkey puzzle. Or a, a big dogwood or a Japanese cherries, you know, very commonly done. Like a yeah. specimen tree that you plant in order to have this big, uh, this big papow, you know, right. this thing. And so the jacaranda tree has these gorgeous, gorgeous flowers. They have this lovely scent to it. They grow in these subtropics and tropical regions. They can take just a tiny amount of frost Mm. and will grow really nicely in just such poor soils. All these things, like everyone who's thinking about this in terms of street trees, like "Mm, street tree, street tree, street tree. That sounds great. Has this ornamental value. It has, you know, just like any tree that exists, you know, the flowers are going to drop. They can be kind of slick slippery if you walk on them uh they're gonna drop these seeds you know you have issues you have like little maintenance things but overall the tree's not that bad of a tree if you're gonna plant a tree in a tropical region it's gonna have wacky things that it's gonna do you plant something out here it's gonna drop nuts it's gonna drop leaves you just got to accept it and move on yeah the benefits are outweighing the costs. Kind of fun, even. I think so. Yeah, kids love to jump in the uh, in the things. In the you know, there's a dog I've seen on the internet that just loves to just fly and jump straight into oh, wow. big piles of leaves. It's is it adorable. A, is it a terrier? I don't think so. For some reason, I think it was a golden retriever that Aww. did this. Yeah. Well, so this uh, the jacaranda tree. It has um, all this appeal because of its gorgeous, like ornamental quality. Mm-hmm. You can plant them. In the streets, and they, they grow really well. You can plant them. Yeah, you know, I'm going to just put out right off the bat, in the right right tree for the right place. Like, make sure it has enough space. It's not underneath mm. power lines, all that kind of stuff. But if you plant it in a six-foot-wide planter space, it's going to grow great. And it's going to do fine. They have planted it almost literally everywhere you can think of. Uh, it's native to South Central um, South America. Yeah. However, it's been planted to a degree that's like people recognize it. 
in Italy, California, South Africa, Georgia, India, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere there's like a tropical or subtropical city, they have probably planted this tree. Wow. It's invasive in a lot of those places <gasps> just because it's like the same climate. So it's like if it's going to do well in one climate oh. that's exactly the same as the other climate, you plant it in that other climate, it's going to do well. Wait, how does that make it invasive, though? Doesn't that just make it a good grower? It does, but it's invasive if it will self-seed and then out-compete all the other plants that are around it. Oh. So it's it, a lot of there's characteristics for an invasive plant where like it makes a shit ton of seeds, and those seeds all like just grow at a ridiculous pace. I see. And then it also, um, there's like one other, a couple other characteristics, but mainly they're trees that just like blast out seeds everywhere and then don't really care to like live for a long time. They're just like, wow, I'm just going to grow. And they just like, you know, just blah, 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 all over the place. I always think it's so interesting to learn about the different strategies these trees, these trees have. Mm, yeah. We should talk about that. Well, we will, I'm sure. Hey, that's a great Patreon episode. Right? What is it? There's, uh, I can't remember. There's K strategists and then there's another like letter strategist hmm. and it's basically like something that puts a lot of effort into few seeds or something that puts almost no effort into a million seeds. oh funny yeah and they're like well wow. a couple of them are going to survive i don't care i mean the metaphors there or the analogies you could draw between that and like warfare you oh know? yeah like, totally there there's like so much fun stuff to talk about there yeah that and like but just the other strategy for anything like growing a business making yeah. you know community talking with people like you know how many friends do you have i have a thousand friends but i know their first and last names and that's it yeah or you have a very few friends and you know them better than you know yourself i wonder why i immediately jumped to warfare hey, i'm you not I'm not a fan. I figured it was a video game thing is what I was thinking. Yeah. Because these trees have all these little, these these uh, bits to them, they're planted all over the place. And let's say in most of the places where they are not invasive, they are a stunning addition to the landscape mm. where they have this dappled shade where you're, it's just shady enough to be very cool and like significantly less um, obtrusive than sitting on a pavement in a chair with a no sun or with no shade above you, just sun beating down on top of you yeah. right? at a cafe, especially in like Georgia in the summertime, you're going to be like, I'm going to sit inside. Thank you. Mm. Um, or outside in Portland right now where it's 95 degrees. And it's like everyone wants to be underneath a tree. So let's say that you're a cafe owner and you are looking for a new, a new location. You're like, I need to, I need to start my cafe again. I need to, whatever. Let's start a cafe. Okay. And you're like, I want people to sit outside and I want people to, to come to my cafe what would you do what would you be looking for uh i would look for like foot traffic uh-huh um i would look at like economic uh th like uh what am i trying to th like uh how much people how much money people make in that neighborhood okay sure yeah um do you i mean do you want i'm, I'm no keep going I'm okay just, yeah. uh i i would probably look yeah like like how many trees are around. i like the aesthetic of having lots of trees. Sure, I, yeah. That's why I like living in part of the reason I like living in Portland. There you There's go. Plenty of green. Right. You maybe would be looking to see like are there other people and other businesses around that would also oh. draw people to my area maybe? Like sure. a, a sort of an economic center or like a, a neighborhood center kind of thing like uh -huh. that? Uh-huh. How's my synergy with the other businesses exactly. the, on the block? Yes. So you're pulling together a lot of different stuff and I know obviously you're going to say tree. Of course, I'm going to say trees too but if you are not a tree person, you don't know anything about trees, mm -hmm. you are only an economic major looking to start this uh, this cafe. You're going to look at those first like two things and then maybe a couple other weird things you're going to think about. And what I am arguing here today, ah. Alex, is that all of those things 
are related specifically to trees. Now we're talking. Exactly. Well, tell us how. So trees have a ridiculous amount of benefit and effect on things. So the last time we talked about street trees, we focused on like the literal physical things that they do. They have leaves that shade buildings. You don't spend as much on air conditioning. Mm -hmm. They have... um, Big leaves and big canopies that grab stormwater. You spend less money as a city to manage your stormwater, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Meanwhile, that's all like these physical things. We can add a number to it. How much does it cost to, you know, not have shade on your house and you have to use air conditioning? We can take a tree away and we could see what the changes in the bills are. Whereas the tree's effect on people that is more of a mental or emotional effect mm-hmm. has a huge amount of value in ways that we don't, we can't, we can say, but we can't like say, uh, like I'm going to put a tree here and now I'm going to charge you 500 more dollars. You know, yeah. we just know that when you compare this without and this with, it's completely different. I'll give you some examples to kind of like solidify this a little bit. Okay. If you are, um, and I looked up um, the the value of things, um, and I found a really great like succinct um, list of statistics from the Arbor Day Foundation, and we'll have it in our show notes on the website, completelyarbitrary.com. Hmm. And they um, they basically said, well, here's a bunch of studies, and then there's a couple other ones um, that you can find that kind of cite a lot of the same big landmark studies, one of which was done here in Portland. Mm. What they have found is if you have a tree, mature landscaping and trees in your yard, your house value, the appraisal value of your house, goes up between like one and $10,000. Wow. The study that was done here in Portland, the average was about $7,000 between houses that had trees and houses that did not have trees. And they were looking at the actual, like, the cost of the house. It wasn't like, oh, the appraised value. They said, how much did that house sell for as compared to another comparable house in a similar neighborhood without trees? Interesting. So they found more trees, higher value. They also have found, historically, if you are walking along a street and you want to go and stop in at a cafe or do something, you're going to say, well, okay, what is, um, like, where am I going to go? How am I going to, well, let's go over there. You're more likely to choose the over there that's underneath trees. And that has a bunch of different like psychological things that happen to it. One, as we said earlier, it, there's that physical aspect to it where you're just more comfortable underneath the dappled shade of a gorgeous little tree rather than sitting out in the blazing hot sun getting just roasted, right? Sure. That that has a direct and indirect effect on your mood. It has an indirect effect on your stress level. You feel calmer. You maybe want to stay longer. Oh, I guess, you know what? I'm just having a really good time. I'm going to get a second beer. Yeah. I'm going to get another Frappuccino. <laughs> you do that kind of thing, and then you're more likely to stay, and then because it does all these other things, you're probably more likely to spend money at the business just next door. Because now you're having a really nice time. Wow. So they have these like really intense effects. Raises property value. Makes a place more beautiful. It gives you the feeling of more of a situated and stable place because trees like have this this sort of especially big trees more specifically it makes things look like they're old and they've been there for a long time and if they're old and they've been there for a long time it feels 
stable. Like right? it must be a good good place to buy shoes. Yeah, exactly. There's other studies that have shown that because it has this reduction in stress levels, you are happier. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about this also on the podcast. What's the value of happiness? What's the value of reduced stress? What's the value of reduced anxiety? What are the values of um, not going to the hospital more because you are just calmer more often and you don't get a little bit more stressed, you don't get high blood pressure, you don't have to take these medications, you don't have to see, keep, or keep seeing um, this therapist or this other thing or this thing, you know, you just add it on and add it on and add it on. And this is, I'm just coming up with random kind of, you know, what ifs here. Mm-hmm. But one of these other uh, guys, his name is Jeffrey Donovan. He, I think we've talked about Whoa. him before. I thought you were about to say Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Donovan, he's an economist here studying um, trees and urban forests in in Portland. Oh, cool. And for the Forest Service, I think. Um, but he also said, well, what, what about the birth weights? And talked about birth weights. And I know we've brought this up on the show before, but it, it all comes back down to this stress reduction, right? Yeah. So if these trees are so gorgeous and beautiful that you want people, they draw people there. The Japanese cherries in downtown in Washington, D.C., literally anywhere else in the world, draws hundreds of thousands of people. So if your business is right next to those trees, then you are probably going to get a little boost in business if you have these big, gorgeous, beautiful trees that people can sit under, can relax under, can have their pictures taken underneath, all these things. The jacaranda tree does this in spades. Wow. Imagine earlier we were talking about those big allays. So if you were, let's say, right, you live over here in Northeast Portland. Mm-hmm. Imagine a uh, a street that's close by or a, one that's not, uh, 28th Avenue. There's the one in Portland. It has all these, uh, 23rd Avenue in Northwest. It has all these businesses lined up on either side. Yeah. Imagine in the springtime, there were these big just clouds and blossoms all throughout, like for blocks and blocks and blocks in every direction of these just big purple trees. And people want to go out and hang out underneath them. Yeah. They want to see that. They want to be involved with it. And they want to drink at your establishment. They want to get your sta- sandwich. They're going to ice cream right here. Yeah. Both of those streets are pretty pretty high density as far as this, the amount of street trees. Yeah, they do. They have a lot. I live very close to 20th. I love being over there, not only because like four of my favorite restaurants are ah, on that street. That's not unreasonable. But it's, it is, I yeah, it is something about you feel, and I, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here. Not a pun. Not a pun. It's a well-known saying. Do you think that we enjoy being under trees in part possibly because we are descended from monkeys <laughs> that's a theory like people have brought this up yeah it, because of our arboreal ancestry we almost are drawn to trees yeah you know? but it also could just be that it's it's a more comforting thing because of that stability you know where it's like mm-hmm. oh i just kind of like sitting under this tree you know i feel kind of safe you know you know like cats like to jump in boxes I think humans kind of like to do that too. Yeah, it's like being, I mean, if you we want to take it back even further, or I guess not as far, uh, you know, sitting in a cave. Yes. Like something over your head, a roof over your head. A tree is a roof over your head Just in a way. Just something that creates a little bit of a, a, an enclosure. Even if it is like a landscape architect would take this and think it doesn't have to be a literal actual enclosure. We can just add these elements that make it feel yeah. like it's an enclosed space. A tree is a perfect example. And when you look up, clearly you can see through the branches. Like 
like there's that dabbled sunlight. Like you're not locked in. Right? Yeah, yeah. But you're onto something there. And other people have made those same conclusions. It's extremely hard to prove. Like you can just say, ah, probably, maybe. We don't know. It's all like psychology or psychological. And then there's always going to be exceptions where there's people who are like, no, I just really want to be out in the middle open. Like I want to live and sit in my prairie. I don't want any trees around me. There's the, historically, there was the, um, when the, uh, colonists in the United States were coming and taking out all of the forests, they were afraid of the trees because that's where the native American tribes were. So it became a bad thing. Like trees were bad, forests were bad. They were scary. Interesting. So the question then would come down to it, you know, back to your question is, is it like some kind of psychological thing that's innate to humans to like to be under this, that then we are untaught via cultural and societal kind of Mm. values or non-values who knows? So it makes it really difficult to prove, I guess is what I'm saying. But a lot of people have had that thought. They're like, it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And, um, other than that, like other people have said, okay, let's just not, let's just take that off the table and just say what, what's happening right now. And some people are like, well, it sends out, um, different kinds of, uh, uh, uh what is, I always mess this one up. Organic volatile compounds, VOCs. Mm. And basically it's like when you break the leaf on a, a really smelly tree, you're like, Oh wow. Like you get that big blast of scent. That's the same thing, this organic compound that's now volatilizing, becoming more of a scent. And so trees will send that off for whatever reason. Maybe it's just what it's like. Maybe the sound of the wind blowing through the leaves is a little bit more comforting. Maybe yeah, it's, it's like white noise. Yeah, precisely. And then also you just get that dappled sunlight. Someone told me at a nursery once um, that we were talking about the Norway maple. And I remember this specifically that she said, oh, the Norway maple is one of the best trees to plant next to your house. Not because it would let in or shade the house. She said that if you're doing, I'm not sure if it was yoga or meditation, but the amount of dappledness that those trees, those leaves on those trees specifically provide is the exact right amount that you need to like put yourself in a perfect meditative state. Mm. Not too much light, not enough light, just moving around enough to like let in just the right amount of little uh, shadows and you know light movement, that kind of thing. Interesting. I don't know. I've never actually found any uh, anything else that said that. But yeah, that's, that sounds yeah. like a, a 70% completely yeah. arbitrary sort of fun fact. Fact. <laughs> we need that stamp. <laughs> well, Casey, I think this is a perfect time to go into our review. All right. Of the Jacaranda tree. I think we should. You and I will assign the Jacaranda a score from 0 to 10, Golden Cones of Honor. This season, Honor is spelled H-O-N-O-U-R. That's right. The internationally recognized. And as our resident expert, we begin at toi. Oh, merci. All right. Did so I say I, that right? Uh, no, you said and you. Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to say avec toi. Let me, avec toi? Yeah, avec. All right, let me try that again. And as a resident expert, we begin a victoire. See, I nailed it on the first try, Casey. You did so good. That was incredible. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're a native French speaker. Yep. Um, okay, so the briefcase tree. So the, the briefcase tree, in my opinion, is a spectacular tree. It is because of all the things that I was just talking about, and which I should end by saying street trees and trees in public spheres are super important because of these reasons. They increase everything to the benefit of everyone. Yeah. 
And if you don't have it, it is a detriment to you and your community. So everyone should plant trees. Make sure it's the right tree in the right place. It may not always be a jacaranda. It could be some other thing like an oak tree with zero intense flowers, but you'll still get all those other really great benefits. People will sit by there. You'll want to put your hammock on your two trees in your front yard. So the jacaranda tree, I think... Just like the hornbeam, which is the last tree we really talked about with uh, the street tree thing, That's right. it, it does its job so well. Like It takes these really intense places. It has its problems, just like everything has its problems. Nothing's perfect, except maybe the ginkgo. <clears throat> and it also is just so stunningly beautiful. I think I'm going to give the jacaranda tree 7.7. Woo! It's a 7.7. I have two reasons why I knocked it down pretty substantially. One, everything's on a scale, and uh, you, we, we just did the uh, Kari last week. Oh, I'm sorry, but that tree is incredible. I mean, you gotta, yeah. like, We got to bounce back a little bit. You know, My dopamine crashed when I was looking at this tree, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's pretty, but oh, man, the Kari. <laughs> it's semi-invasive in some places, which is, you know, it's a big problem like down in um, Pretoria in like South Africa, where it just kind of like goes kind of a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the flowers. I think it's great. It's a one-trick pony, though, because the flowers, and that's it. It just kind of goes fukush, and everyone's like, this is incredible, and then it kind of has that dappled shade afterwards, which is really nice, but I wish that the fruit did something cool. Like, yeah. give me something more. I want to I see the pizzazz, and then I want to be relaxed, lulled into a sense of calmness, and then I want another blast. You know, I need that uh, crescendo at the, end of the, at the end of the season. Like if it grew a really delicious fruit... Yes. That you could just sit in it and eat those. Yeah. Something like that. You got it. Like the Japanese cherry or a cherry tree, boom, big flowers, and then you get to have little cherries afterwards. It's like, well, that was worth it. That's fun. It's worth the wait. Yeah. 7.7 golden cones of honor for the jacaranda from- (gasps) These should be purple golden cones of honor. Oh, okay. Anyway. Bright purple cones of honor. No, bright purple golden cones of honor. A bastardization of nature (laughs) (laughs) from Casey Clapp. Uh, here's my review of the Jacaranda. Bastardization of nature. <laughs> I think it's really, really pretty. Uh, I love all of the different tones that it shows. This, this also might be from, you know, because I've only seen pictures, it might be just different cameras show it yeah. in different, slightly different, you know. Yeah, I saw one that it was like uh, super exposed or something like that. Um, yeah. Overexposed. Uh-huh. I don't know the term. Overexposed. Yeah, but it was just like, whoa. And like the the... But the ocean was like purple and it was like, that's too much. Oh yeah. Like the saturation yes. might've been turned up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Um, and, I, but I, I'm gonna, after the cowrie, which I just adored. Yeah. I'm going to experiment with my cone giving here. Oh, okay. And I'm going to shock you, Casey. This is really exciting. I'm giving it a 5.5. Wow. Yeah. Your dopamine crash too. I think it's a bit of a, maybe, I think it's a a bit of a one trick pony. Kari Kari got us us pretty, got us pretty up there. 5.5. 5.5. Okay. Keep going. Ah, I think that's it, man. I like the flowers. <laughs> I like your flowers. Uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. And honestly, this that that's the that's that's the whole point. This is a working tree, you know? It doesn't have to be good. It's yeah. the car hearts of the tree world. Every now and then you wear it to a wedding, but most of the time, that's it. Sort of a Mark Ruffalo. Wow, the Mark Ruffalo of the tree world. I think so. I want Mark to be like, "Thank you. This tree's beautiful." Like, Why did you only give me 5.5? <laughs> His little pouty face. Oh, poor Mark. <laughs> that was our review of the Jacaranda, a.k.a. the... K. 
Canada tree. Canada tree, no, a.k.a. The, the Canada of the tree world. The Canada of the tree world, a.k.a. Mark Ruffalo tree, a.k.a. the briefcase tree. That's it. Casey, it's time for a game. Oh, I love a game. We haven't done one in like a week. Yes, we've kind of settled into this pattern of we do a game every other week, and I think it works out okay. We can't get him too overdone, you know? Yeah, because, you know, Alex only has so many ideas. <laughs> well, Casey, today we're playing, I would say, maybe not a fan favorite, but certainly an Alex favorite. Oh? Family Tree! Oh my gosh. I, I realized you told me this, and I forgot in between you telling me we're going to do this. Yeah. We talked about it. Your shock was real. What a fool. Here's how Family Tree works for anybody listening who hasn't heard it before. We are going to take a group of characters from some story or movie franchise or TV franchise, um, and we are going to assign these human people a tree. Okay. That best represents their characteristics and qualities. So, Casey, today we will be talking about the Justice League. Oh, yes. Now, here's the problem. You're not a comic book person. No, but I watched it on Cartoon Network. I am also not a comic book person. I have a passing familiarity with Batman because I think he's pretty cool. Okay. But I don't know basically anything about any other comic book oh, characters. Yeah, okay. But so we're going to be stretching our knowledge a bit today. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Yes. So, Casey, <laughs> let's start okay. with the, I think he's an alien from another planet, uh, Krypton. Krypton. Heard of it. Love it. His name is like Jalel or something. Oh, yeah. But we down here on Earth call him Superman. Superman. So he was born and raised in Iowa. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Somewhere corn in the Midwest. Farm? Yeah, yeah. Corn farm. Yeah. Yeah. With really, the Kents. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. He calls himself Clark Kent. Right. He has two different, um, he has two different. Uh, things, right? Double persona, yeah. Ah, glasses on, glasses off. Gotcha. He's a journalist, is that right? I think so, yeah. Ooh, okay. So Superman, you know, super strength, he can fly. Mm. Uh, he does have one weakness, and that's kryptonite, so ah, that's something to consider. That'll get him. Yeah. Uh, grows in the Midwest, um, but also he lives, I think, in Metropolis is the city that we're seeing. Oh, okay. Big city. Yeah. Okay. This is such a good question. Mm. All right. Do you have any ideas here? I'm thinking some, you know, we talked about Zeus. Yeah. And we chose like a big oak tree. Yeah. I want to say something to do with oak, but also maybe that's something that's like tropical and like unkillable. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Like, like something that just keeps getting just, just bigger and bigger and bigger. A banyan? I was kind of thinking that. A banyan, like, I don't know, does Superman just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Does he just kind of like, he already is really super strong. I think he's just the normal size of a man. Yeah. All right. I got an idea. Okay. I'm going to go with the, the baobab tree. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So, and here's, here's I, I'm glad you agree. My my rationale for this is that I'm thinking like there's there's two different sides to a baobab tree. I saw this in a, uh, was it Plants? I don't know. It was uh, some a, a documentary by the BBC and and the his royal highness david attenborough mm. and it was the uh the i think it's the baobab tree opening up its leaves they do it at night or its mm. flowers and like in a matter of like a minute or something the flowers go from completely closed to completely open in these like gorgeous huge big things okay and then the tree like goes from a completely deciduous tree with this big gigantic base on it that's like huge um to this fully flowered tree that i think um if i remember correctly rafiki from the lion king lives in one. Oh yes and i think that like is it feels like there's a double personality where at night 
it has these big gorgeous flowers that are like I think bats and other um, little flying mammals get involved with. Mm-hmm. And but then you don't see them during the day. They like close up and they're like, oh, no, don't you talk about? Interesting. I like that angle. Yeah, that's what I think. Not to mention. It's it's singularly huge. You can't kill it because it lives in the deserts of um, what is that big island out in the east in Africa? Madagascar. Madagascar. Thank you. You're welcome. And so they're just these big, massive trees. You can't kill them. They're super huge. They're super powerful. Obviously, their one kryptonite would be saws. Every tree's, <laughs> every tree's got that one. But yeah, I would I would say a runner up, uh, just a big ass redwood. Yeah, right? Like, like one of those 18-foot-wide, you know, things that even yeah. a saw can't really stop that. Not really, yeah, especially now it's that we have litigation to help it out. Well, Casey, next up in this lineup is Wonder Woman. Oh, th- that one was a successful franchise. She crushed it. Godot is her name. Yeah, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I think it's, I think it's actually pronounced Gadot. Oh, damn Which it. is a little counterintuitive. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, But... I, okay, I know so little about Wonder Woman, but I know that she's strong and she deflects bullets with her uh, her she, bracers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's got that golden lasso. She has the golden lasso of truth. Yes, oh, of truth. And she really? wraps it around people and it makes them tell the truth. I oh think. my yeah. god, I didn't know that last truth part. That's pretty insane. So yeah. You have to tell the truth if you're lassoed by it. Yeah, and I think maybe Ooh. she time travels. I don't know, but she comes from a she comes from a, like a clan. Uh, from an island of a clan of like Amazonian women. Ooh, okay, gotcha. Um, so she's she's raised to be a kind of a war, like a Spartan, you know, like yeah. raised from a child to be a warrior. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. Ooh, I'm okay. probably getting so much of this wrong, and we are. I oh, I see our Patreon numbers are dropping. Yeah, well, sorry everyone. Send us your emails. Oh, right. So okay, so I'm seeing I'm seeing like super powerful. Um, honestly, I'm just thinking of the Greek gods now, and I'm just thinking of Artemis. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's a pretty fair fair uh, relation. Yeah, there or con- comparison. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really digging the so the golden lasso of truth. I love that idea, and I also picture like a weeping willow where like you know you get wrapped up by one of the weeping Ooh, uh, weeping that's fun. bits, and you're like I have to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, because they're also kind of golden in color, so it helps a little bit there. Athena. Athena. Not you, Artemis. Well, well you yeah. like Artemis, but... I do. Artemis is super badass. I think the Athena comparison's a little closer. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that's true. More of a sword and board type, you Ooh, know? okay. All right. All right. Okay. I like the Weeping Willow. You like the Weeping Willow? That's great. All right. All right. Because I'm thinking I would just want something more powerful because I, I don't think of Weeping Willows as powerful necessarily. Yeah. And that's what I'm really like angling towards. Like I want something that's, that's big and just you can't mess with it and it's out in the middle of nowhere and then it'll still lasso you if it wants. Well, how about something that grows in the Amazon? She is an Amazonian after all. Right? That sounds great. So that would be, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like uh, some other tree that like has aerial roots, but all I can think of is another fig tree that'll, you know, wrap you up and then, you know, kill you. A banyan? <laughs> yeah, it could be a banyan. I think she's Strangler a banyan. Fig. She could be a banyan. Big, tough, describe, or uh, just completely dominates everything around her. And those aerial roots are much like lassos. Yeah, they are. They, and I think you can actually move them. Like they actually hang down. It's got to be the know? banyan. I think we're gonna go with the banyan tree. All right. All right, that sounds good. Wonder Woman, banyan tree. Ah, Wonder Woman, you're such a you're such a badass. Casey, the next we have. Mm. If I had to have any fondness for a superhero, Ooh. it may be this one. All right, it's Batman. Batman. I like Batman a lot. I've, the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. All yeah, right. if you want to be like cool and or origin story ish, <laughs> yeah, I am. 
They always okay. do that in origin stories. They'll be like, "Did you you saw the Spider Man?" Like, I see what you guys are doing. Mm, I see, yeah, because you don't. You're like, yeah, I see. It's not. It's not uh, colloquial. Yes, yet. yet. Yeah, I it's gotcha. not a household name. They haven't dropped the. the it's like yeah. the Facebook. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Good times. The arbitrary pod. <laughs> the completely arbitrary. We're, we're still there. Original fans call it the completely arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, you OGs. <laughs> okay, all right. So this is this is Batman. Do you want to hear a little bit about Batman? Yes, as tell much me, as I know. Yeah, yeah. He's from uh from Gotham. He's a, like a Playboy billionaire from Gotham. Okay. Lost his parents. Oh. Uh he is a detective. That's Batman's big thing. Ah, okay. Um he's he's like a super detective. He doesn't have any actual superpowers, but he has enough money to make it seem like he does. Ah, okay. There you go. Now that's an amazing. American superhero if I've ever heard of one. A bit of an Elon Musk. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. This makes me feel good. Uh, He wears all black. All black. That's right. All black all the time. He likes bats. Yeah, he's pretty... Hey, maybe that's something. That's something to do with nature. I was thinking about it. Like, that uh, that crossed my mind. Crossed my mind. It sure did. How about a... Oh, maybe... Ooh. Yeah. I think when we talked about Hades uh-huh. for the other one, it was Hades end up ended up being mycorrhizal fungi. Oh yeah, yeah. What if Batman was a fungus? Oh, I just it feels it feels I'm I'm not convinced. Okay, like it, it feels like like um, uh, fungus feels to me like they're so underground. I guess, but well, I guess he kind of is. Batman is like you know Christ hung out with like mm. sex workers and drunks. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, and that's right. uh, Batman. <laughs> Casey, the look on Casey's face right now is so fascinating what and complex. I just, I, I had to put all that together and be like, well, who did we just offend? There's now? like 15 different emotions <laughs> across your face. That was awesome. Oh, uh, uh, well put. <laughs> but Batman, like, you know, Batman, uh, he, he fights crime in the underbelly. And then during the day, he goes and hangs out uh, with the billionaires. Yeah, something is a billionaire class. Looks out the window brooding. Okay. All right. We got to come up with something here. I like the fungus. I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. I'm not against that, but I, I'm trying to think of a tree, and I want it to be a black tree. Like, that's all I'm picturing right now is just a dark tree that fights things. Mm. And it, to me, makes it a big tree that has to be, like, widespreading, big enough that bats would, like, hang out into it or in okay. it and around it, and a tree that, like, has, has tendrils all over the place. I'm going to – I have I said – have we said the, the cow or the – the Canyon Live Oak yet for some one of these? No. Things? All right, I think I want to do that one because the Canyon Live Oak is also a big, powerful tree. Because if I remember correctly, Batman's also he's pretty strong. He's, he's done his judo work. Yeah, he's right? a martial artist. Yeah, yeah. And so these trees are they're hugely strong, massive trees. They wow. grow in like the wackiest places, like off the sides of. Uh, they're like the classic um, southern uh, tree that grows out, has all the moss hanging on it. I know we've probably talked about it once or twice before. That tree, I think, is good because, A, it's it's big and it comes down and it reaches out. And I imagine these branches, especially on the big ones, like these big, long hands, like arms that kind of come mm. out almost like an octopus and then go grab over and on something else. I don't know. I just kind of feel that. I just feel I just feel Batman. But it also can be like a dark tree. It's not that dark because it's kind of light, kind of that. Ooh, But I know they do get big enough and they start to decay in the inside and bats live in there because there's a lot of bats in the southwest. I think that works just fine, Casey. All right. Let's Let's go with that. I think that's great. Casey, let's do just one more. Let's do it. And it's the fastest of the Justice League. Oh. The Flash. The Flash himself. I know one thing about the Flash. All right. What he is it? He is fast. Fast as 
hell. So we are going with an invasive species here, right? I, I was going to say that. I also have another idea that's going to be very controversial. Okay. I was going to think bamboo is the first thing that came to my brain. Oh, that's great. Because it grows really fast, and then it flowers once, and it dies. Did you know this about bamboo? Mm-mm. If you have um, – bamboo will grow, and then it will flower. Every single one of the species in the entire world will flower at the same time, and then they all die. Wow. Yeah. Not every, there's lots of different species, but like you have a big bamboo that's been growing for like 80 years. Yeah. It flowers, dies. No kidding. Yeah, I believe that's correct. It's a bit of a bumblebee scenario. It is? You sting, you die. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once you hit your crescendo, yeah. your reason d'etre. Wow. Raison d'etre. Well, <laughs> that was Family Tree <laughs> Justice League Edition. Uh, Casey. It's time for a completely arbitrary Q&A. Yes, let's get it done. And this week, we have an accidentally relevant email. Hey, that's how all of my emails are. This question is from Lindsay Rhine. Lindsay writes... Hello, Lindsay. While you're on your world tour reading this email, says Lindsay, I've got a question for you. You talk a lot about European and Asian trees being brought to the U.S. for ornamental or food reasons... Are there any native U.S. trees that were introduced in other parts of the world for food or their ornamental value? Oh. And have any of them become invasive in different parts of the world? Your fungal associate, Lindsay Ryan. Lindsay, great question. Great question. The jacaranda tree. Perfect example. Is a U.S. tree? Oh, I guess it's not technically. We need a native U.S. tree Ooh. that grows in, that is planted and it is invasive in other parts of the world. Oh, that's so hard. Like in Japan, are they like... Look at this right. beautiful Douglas fir. They're like we hate this like, thing. Wow, that's amazing. It's so it's so foreign. Yeah, I, I there is in fact I think that the um, either the Douglas fir maybe the Sika spruce is like that over in England. Okay. Um, I guess I don't know because I haven't gone out and explored and heard people be like I hate this tree because of this. So I really don't know. I can't give you a good answer. Okay. Um, the fact is, yes, that's a hundred percent the case. I'm sure of it. I just don't know which ones. Great. Because every tree, if it does uh, well over here and you plant it in almost the same exact conditions, but it does not have any of those natural checks, whether the temperature or a native insect or something like that, then they're going to inevitably, there's going to be one that does it. I don't know which. Given the right circumstances and a set of, you know, uh, the the right vibe, could any tree be invasive? Potentially, yeah. I think it would be... For some, it's a lot harder. So remember how we were talking earlier about the the different strategies that trees take? If they just put out a few acorns a year or a few whatever fruit, and then it can't be invasive just because it doesn't grow fast enough everywhere. I see. But if you are the kind of plant that does just put out bump, 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 just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of different fruit, then you're more likely to be invasive because you have thousands of, of new brood coming up each year, potentially, as opposed to maybe just hundreds or maybe just tens, you know? I see. So it, any tree could be invasive, but the invasive quality also comes with it out-competing other native species and then taking over those like habitats. So I know that there is. I would just have to look and like see. In fact, anyone else who's over across the, anywhere else in the world, do send us these because this oh, yeah. is, it's a limitation for me specifically being, you know, based in the U.S. and not having gone out and with the, or not had the opportunity to go out and really like dive into the forests of other places. Like I've walked through the cities and I've done some hiking here and there and I've seen these kinds of things, but not enough to be like, what are the issues and problems with your, you know, forestry system or your horticulture system? 
I know they're there, and I've heard little bits here and there, like where someone say, "Oh yeah, that tree sucks. It's super invasive." I'm like, "Well, not over here. Like, right. it's not a big problem. Maybe over there, like barberry in the Northeast, huge problem. Over here, nothing. Like, it's barely. I mean, it's just a huge problem because we plant it in dumb planter strips. You know, what we should do, Casey. Uh, if you are listening to this and you are from Germany or Ghana or uh, Mongolia, yeah. and you are are you saying to yourself, "Oh my God!" Right down the street, there's a bunch of these trees from the U.S. that are like taking over the entire block. Please send us a photo and an email, yeah, at arbitrarypod at gmail and we'll make like a po- we'll make a post about it. Yeah, and, most and definitely. Like, well, if we get a bunch, and I'll I'll do some research here, and hopefully we'll give a little bit of an update uh, in the next uh, episode or two. Ooh, How exciting! How fun! This stumper of a question turned into a a, a series of things happening. This is gonna be exciting. I Lin- love looking up trees. Yeah, I I, I know this about you, Casey. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for your question. If you have a question about trees. Email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at arbitrarypod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y. Another Canada word, Casey. You're so good. It is. It totally is. If you want to support the podcast, check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. Casey. Alex. A pleasure as always, my friend. As always. Is that a left-handed handshake (laughs) from afar? I did an air shake. And I refused. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our production consultant is Olivia Frankie. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by the Mini Vandals. Thanks for listening. 